So we want to welcome everybody that's watching. Amen. Welcome everybody here. Amen. <laughs> Especially the present people. Not that the remote people don't count. Everybody counts. Amen. But we are so thankful. We are healed. We're so thankful that God has brought us to this place of wholeness and health and and victory over all the works of darkness. Amen. And this is a good thing because we see that there's more and more uh, disturbance in the world. The enemy wants to keep people in fear, keep them in bondage, keep them uh, where they're not content and not full of faith and full of expectation of good. And so when the word comes, it comes so that we can expect good from the hand of God. We belong to him. We don't belong to the world. Amen. In the world, we have tribulation. But then we can be of good cheer because he's overcome the world. So we must live in a different place. Amen. So the world is always adversarial to God's people and to the things of kingdom because kingdom is by faith. Amen. And it comes with power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. And so that's what we want to keep in mind, what kingdom we belong to. We are the children of light. We are the children of the kingdom of God and of the most high God. And uh, we have special um, uh, advantages, privileges, anointings, um, all of the things that we desire. We have those things because God is with us. Amen. And that's such a wonderful thing to see. So today we're going to talk about the fact that Calvary healed your life. Amen. Calvary healed your life. Did my life need healing? Oh, yeah, that's why you came to the Lord. Amen. Anybody who is saved for real came because of distress, upset. (laughs) The same things that drove uh, David's mighty men to him, all the people who were in debt, distressed, disgruntled, All of that, that's why you came. Amen. That's why we came to Christ. We came broken. We came naked. We came rejected. We came, uh, some of us came suicidal. I know that's, that's my, my, uh, 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 testimony, but God healed me of it. Amen. So really healing my life was one of the first things I was able to receive from God, you know, that healing that gives you peace with him and lets you know everything's okay. Even though I would leave that place periodically. You know, we all do when we're new at it. Uh, we, we can leave a place of comfort and safety and protection because we're so accustomed to having to do things ourselves. And, and, but I would always come back. Amen. That's a good thing about the Holy Ghost. He only lets you go so far and he'll always draw you back. Uh, you know, with, with songs of love and songs of deliverance. Amen. Uh, God knows how to get, He really does love us, folks. I mean, if we could tap into that, uh, real good one time, you know, and, and just never, ever, ever lose the understanding of where you met Him, what He did for you, how quickly He put you at ease once you confessed Him. Amen. And and it's just such a good remembrance. It's already it's always good to have that stamped somewhere in our hearts and in our minds, that place where we first met him. 
and how desperate we were for a friend for somebody who it took us in the way we were uh didn't we didn't have to put on any airs you don't have to put on for god amen you put him on amen and then you change amen that's a good part he changes us and sometimes we change and we don't even know we're changing amen you have to get in front of a different mirror sometimes to find out you look good amen you know how it is you get accustomed to putting on the same makeup the same this the same that and somebody will say you know you really look good today you know what you do different i said oh i put on christ <laughs> amen and so that's that's always good to, to find that that change has been made and even though we feel different on the inside and we we know we've been changed it's good to let the inner is reflected on the outer amen and and that's good so and god knows how to confirm to us you know when we need it that's a good thing about god he always comes when we need certain things he's not trying to flatter us or spoil us or get us in the flesh too much attention will get you in the flesh get your flesh all kicked up you know what i'm saying <laughs> so god's attention comes when you need it amen even when you on your last gasp and then all of a sudden it just turns around because he sends a word to you you know what i'm saying and that's that's a good part about god so if you'll turn to luke chapter four i think it's good to start there amen and we'll move on from there as god leads and uh so that we can amen talking about the fact that calvary healed our lives amen when when we're born again we come into that's our really our first introduction to god's life and to and and see we're born again because of calvary because jesus paid the price for our total life our total person our total being spirit soul mind and body to be redeemed from the penalty and curse for our sins see if you don't think sin is a problem you'll never get saved so the first thing that god does is makes you aware of your sin which lets you know you got to have a remedy some kind of way you know i mean i remember before i got saved i was always trying to be good for a minute and it lasted for a minute and then when when you did something you knew was wrong you got all discouraged and quit i'll never be able to do that you know if you've never said that it's good to come to that realization that you on your own will never uh, measure up to the standard god has for you even the standard you have in your own mind about what right living is and many times people who have been on drugs for years and they'll say well you know i quit so many times and i said that was your your um uh that was the holy ghost speaking to you that you weren't living right and that there was a better life for you but nobody ever somehow you never got the message that there was an answer for you and it was as close as in your mouth and in your heart see what i'm saying and so then then we find that god sends messengers to preach the gospel amen 
how can they hear without a preacher amen somebody's got to tell you the truth about god that he saves now being saved isn't the same thing as going to church i went to church for many years off and on i never stayed because i would lose interest because after a while i if they preached the word you felt condemned some people preach condemnation because that's all they know amen but i never heard a testimony about jesus and the 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 uh the changed life what what could happen as a result of that until some lady came in a beauty shop where i was working our little friend jerry she would get up and tell her testimony everywhere i thank god for people like that you know they suffer ridicule they don't care they they're on a mission and on a job and i heard that word saved and she talked about what her life was i said oh boy she needed saved and i said that to myself and little did i know that at some point i would need it see only the gospel is the gospel people can invite you to church they can tell you you need to be in church you can even go to church with them but if they never preach the gospel to you you won't get saved amen it's got to be the gospel and it has to be preached by somebody who really is has received christ that's that's when it's real that's when they have faith it's such as you have you give people you can't give somebody what you don't have amen so that's that's how the gospel is and that's what makes it real and valid and so here we see in in um luke chapter four it's a familiar passage to all of us but you know let's get a new slant on it or maybe a, a uh increase in the old slant or however we want to get it says here in verse 16 uh jesus had he has just returned to um uh it says to galilee in the power of the spirit and he came to nazareth nazareth where he had been brought up and as his custom was now this is his you know this is local church and their custom is to pass the the scroll to to be read not sure why it was passed to him that day but god delivered it to him and there was delivered to him the book of the prophet isaiah when he opened the book he found the place where it was written the spirit of the lord god is upon me because he has anointed me and this is what the anointing of god is okay there's not an anointing for new houses there's not an anointing for um uh, a wealth transfer there's not an anointing this is an anointing to help people you understand what i'm saying god knows the help that we need new stuff ain't your problem when you're on your way to hell amen that's hardly an issue and it says he has anointed me to number one open your mouth that's the first thing the anointing does causes you to preach preach the gospel to the poor anyway any anybody who is lacking in some area we're not talking about definitely physical poverty that can be a part of it but i'm telling you i didn't come to jesus because i was broke i came to jesus because i was on my way to hell and i could smell the smoke you understand what i'm saying he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted amen so as a result of your preaching 
healing comes forth. You got to preach first. You know, the Bible says Jesus preached and he taught. He preached and he taught. Amen. And sent me to heal the brokenhearted and and to preach deliverance to the captives. Show anybody who's not free. Huh? Who's bound by the devil? You can't sleep. You don't eat right. You don't think right. You're restless. Your your family has left you. Part of your family has left you. Everybody's turned their backs on you. Them the people he's looking for. Amen. And deliverance has come to you. Amen. To the recovering of sight to the blind. Amen. That means physically blind and spiritually blind. He's you're you're going to be sighted again. Amen. And to set at liberty those who are bruised. Heal from your wounds. Heal from your past. Heal from the things that have caused you to shrink back away from society and think less of yourself. Amen. And to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. And one scripture says the day of vengeance of our God. Amen. So he's coming to heal the broken hearted amen heal those who are broken in heart now why is that in there he healed physical bodies you know we saw that a lot and he's about to demonstrate all those things and he said in verse 21 this day this scripture is fulfilled in your ears amen so he says i am the one that isaiah spoke about I am the one that has come to alleviate human suffering on all levels. Luke Luke 10.38 says how Jesus of Nazareth was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. Amen. So here you see power. When he says heal, that's power. When you see deliver, that's power. Amen. When you see preach, that's power. And so God then confirms your preaching with signs following. You don't just rush up to people and say, can I touch you and get you better? You have to let people know. I mean, you got to give faith. The preaching is what delivers faith to the people. They'll never get faith for it if you don't release that faith to them. Amen. Many people that came up to Jesus when he said, what can I do for you? He wanted their faith released. He couldn't do anything until their faith was released. Amen. And after your faith is released, then comes the power. And then God confirms his word. Amen. He confirms what he promised you with signs following. So so here we have Jesus laying it out for them. Amen. And, and, and Luke, I'm sorry, Acts 1038 continues to say he was anointed with power and went about doing good so this is a good thing and healing all that were oppressed of the devil why because god was with him how do we know god was with him because god confirmed his word with signs following so that's how people know god's with you the signs follow they must follow folks they must follow you've got to have faith in God's word. You can't have faith in just your experience because you'll never get much to help people. Faith is something to talk about what's coming in the future. Amen. 
Amen. Faith is to cause to manifest that which you have believing for. Amen. And it's not hard. All you got to do is put aside yourself. Put aside your old, your experience, your expectations, what you thought used to happen, what so-and-so told you could happen and wouldn't happen. Put aside all the, the fake and the phony stuff. Just focus on what the word says. That's not hard. That'll simplify things a lot for us if we would just focus in on the word. You don't have to add anything to it. You don't have to take anything away. You don't have to promise anything extraordinary. Amen. Just repeat what God says. This is so simple. Most people miss it. You know what we think? What causes us to miss it? We think it's going to have to be us and not God. And we don't know how to just speak what God says, speak, and let him do the work. It's like, put that word out there and quick move yourself out the way. (laughs) Amen. And let the power show up and do what God wants to do for people. Amen. He wants them healed more than you do. In fact, sometimes he wants them healed in spite of us. You could be looking at something and think they don't have a nickel's worth of somebody and think they don't have a nickel's worth of faith and just speak what God tells you to speak. And all of a sudden they say, oh, I can move my arm or I can move. Oh, the pain left. Well, you're just, you're just as shocked as anybody else is. Amen. So just keep yourself out the way. Amen. Don't let yourself get back involved in it. Keep yourself out of the way and let God do what he wants to do. He said, all I need you to do is release your faith in my word. Amen. 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 He's healed people without the uh, the preacher's faith. Oh, Robert said a, a woman came up to him for uh, for a creative miracle in her child, small child, I think it was. And he said, he said, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I do not have faith for it takes a creative miracle. I do not have the faith for it. She said, I didn't ask you to have the faith. I got the faith. She said, I just asked you to lay hands on him. And you know God healed that little boy? And Brother Oral learned something that day. (laughs) You can learn a lot if you pay attention. Amen. He learned what it really meant to be a vessel. Amen. Amen. Just somebody God can pour through. Amen. Oral, is something new coming through you today. And this lady's pulling it through you. Amen. Pour through. Amen. It's nice to get in front of people and know you don't have to have nothing but some words. I mean, they're powerful words and they're important words, but, you know, don't get so, you know, don't get it twisted. It ain't about you. It's really about him 100%. And God will verify that to us, too, as as we work for him. So anyway, we can say this. When you come to Christ, your life was healed. Your whole life was healed. God brought life to the whole person. So you don't have to stand in line and wait for this to get fixed and that. This ain't a body shop or, you know, a garage for your car. This is a whole person deal. Amen. This is like a, a, what they call them things they do for cars? A detail shop. This is God's detail shop. He gets everything taken care of when you come to him. Amen. So you're healed, spirit, soul, mind, and body. Amen. Everything's healed. Colossians 2.10 tells us that we are complete in him. 
already. So you have to take these things by faith. Amen. Colossians 2. It says here. And you are complete in him. It says here, really, uh, for in him, verse 9, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's in Christ. And you are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. So if you're complete in him, as long as you're in him, you're seated with the head of all principality and power. So there's no devil that can can resist your words, your faith words, your words directed at him. Now, if you scare the devil and avoid him all the time, you know, not much will happen. But if you're the type of person who understands this and is willing to confront the power of darkness at every turn, you'll get the benefit of it. You'll begin to see your completeness manifest. Amen. And it says <clears throat> he's the head of all principality and power. You're you're complete in him. You're buried with him in baptism, wherein you are also risen with him through faith of the operation of God who has raised him from the dead. And that baptism means a baptism into the body of Christ. Amen. Water baptism did not complete you. Amen. You're complete by a spiritual operation, not a, a natural one. Amen. But it is good to have follow through on water baptism because it's it's a a um, a sacrament of the church. That is your demonstration to the outside world. Amen. Of your inner conversion to Christ. Amen. So God brought life to the whole person, spirit, soul, mind and body. We are complete in him. That means you're not lacking anything. See, that's the devil's, uh, that's his game is to always make you think something's wrong with you. You're lacking. You don't have this yet. You don't have that yet. Look at you compared to so-and-so. You don't have half of what they have. Amen. You have all of what they have. You know, the whole thing is to learn how to release it, how to learn how to submit it to God. That's very important. So submit it to God first, and then you can release it at the command of the Spirit. Just stay prepared. Stay ready for God to use you. Stay in that place of, of submission to him who is the head of all principality and power. Amen? And then he will delegate your portion to you as you need it to use it. Amen? And and, and you'll be a, a honor to God. Amen? And a, a, a help to him in what we're doing down here in the gospel. Amen. So so um Isaiah twenty seven ten I mean ten twenty seven. I want to go there just in, in the way of laying some foundation here. Isaiah ten twenty seven. We already did it Isaiah fifty three, I think was what wait a minute, that wasn't it. What was that? Uh, hang on, I got it. Don't tell me, don't tell me. 61-1. Amen. That was where the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. I used to minister that, um, who did I do? I, God would have me release that anointing to people through, yeah, we would sing. I would have them repeat after me and, and minister in song. I think David Baroni, David Baroni received it. 
Hello, David Brownie, if you're watching. <laughs> we just mentioned you. But, uh, yeah, the spirit of the Lord God of, is upon me because he's anointed me. And God always honored that. That was such a blessing. Amen. Isaiah 10, 27. I said that to say, how could I forget? <laughs> it was just tucked away. Never forgotten. Tucked away. So then Isaiah ten twenty seven. And it shall come to pass in that day. Amen. Talking about the day Jesus first announced it and the day we live in now. That his burden shall be taken away from off your shoulder and his yoke from off your neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Amen. So this is the anointing that Jesus ministered out of. It was to help the whole man. See, help you mentally, physically help you in every way you need help so once you you are re, you received your redemption once you are walking in the knowledge of god once you are walking under the power of that anointing then your faith will work to bring the promises about to you so you don't really need an, an anointing for material things this is superior to anything material. Amen. This allows you to command your life. Amen. With your words. You begin to speak and see it happen according to Mark eleven twenty three. Amen. You have what you say. Why? Because you're redeemed. Because your words are God honored words. Because your words are powerful words. Your words are alive. They bring things to pass. And I think I'd rather have this and know I'm whole, and then I can get to the finer things I need, you know. But I need, you know, God, please don't lay a whole lot of stuff on me before you you get my life together. I came to you because my life was a mess. I I was unloved, unlovable, amen, all of the above, amen, rejected and torn and broken, all of those things. And so this is what the anointing comes for. And and it began to manifest as Jesus preached. See, as he spoke this word, the Bible says everybody looked at him and couldn't take their eyes off of him. So that anointing will gather a certain amount of attention to you just because God has something important to say to people. You're not preaching in a corner and everybody ignoring you. Somebody's paying attention. Amen. If if you're anointed by God, somebody's hearing it and somebody's paying attention to it. Amen. That's why it doesn't matter if you're dressed up, not dressed up. You know, you got on, you're out there and God would catch me at some very interesting times as far as preparedness and, and looking like somebody. You understand what I'm saying? Not that you want to look bad, but it was just that, and you know, this is God's sense of humor, folks. Sometimes we take ourselves a bit too seriously. You understand what I'm saying? It's like, girl, if you want to dress up every day so you'd be dressed up, if I send somebody your door, help yourself. 
but I'm going to send them regardless. You understand? He's like, I am your dressing. I am your clothing. I am your garment. Amen. And so, you know, you worried about, you know, rollers or not rollers or is it sticking straight up of what's on my head? And he's trying to get somebody healed. You know what I'm saying? He ain't thinking about you too much. Amen. So, so you get over yourself real quick when you're a servant of God. Amen. Now, I always like to look presentable. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, if I come in front of the camera, you don't want to be a turn off. You understand what I'm saying? It's just, and I'm not, this isn't a fashion show either. You got me? I mean, it's far from that. I did that when I was a sinner. I had enough of that. If you ain't got enough of that and you saved, you need to go back and get saved again, I think. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, he didn't save you for your outward. He saved you for your inner. Amen. You can mess up the whole thing by focusing too much on the outer. Amen. Now, I'm not talking about nobody. I'm just saying that's where it is. But I'm talking about somebody, too, I guess. So <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Receive it and be healed. Jesus, get over your insecurities and, and, you know, get up here and work for God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So um, so to to we were yoked to brokenheartedness, according to Isaiah 27, 1027. You know what we just read. Amen. And and Jesus came to when he says, bind up the brokenhearted. Amen. When when I think about that, you think about um, something that's going to take a long time to heal. Just saying, okay? Because when it says, you know, it says it heals a broken heart, it binds up your wounds. So healing has come into you, and and it fixes your broken heart. But the wounds are the the tender spots. Huh? The evidence, the bruises, the broken things, the breaks. So by faith, you're healed. He said he heals your broken heart. But then there's the wounds that are bound up for right now to keep you from oozing all over everything. You know what I mean by oozing? Every time you come in church, oh, so and so did this to me. You can, I need prayer. You got, you know, I had this thing happen and that. Those are the, that's the, the binding up that needs to be done. Amen. And you need it so you don't quit calling it, keep calling it into your life. See, nothing God does is, is unnecessary. This is necessary. It's like you ever, uh, it's like some of the worst um, wounds to have on the body is a cut or a burn. Because many times, why? It's not superficial. It goes deep into the tissues, right? And when you go deep into the tissues, that's where the nerves are. Many people who have burns over certain percentages of their body never get healed because they can't stand the pain there's those and the first thing they will do is start to bind up those burned places 
But in order for healing to take place, you got to pull them bandages off again. And that's when they got to bring out painkillers and hope that the person can tolerate all that. Sometimes people are put into induced comas and they, they try to believe for the best from all of that that it needs to be bound up because if they're not bound up you'll you'll die from dehydration the fluids will just continue to ooze out of your body yeah because if it's just wide open all that uh exudate from your cells and all the cells broken cells will start to weep and to ooze amen so it has to be bound up to stop the life flow from flowing out of you the devil means to kill you with hurts and wounds and and things that go wrong in your life and where you expected love you didn't get love somebody lied to you and deceived you and you know you've just been a victim all your life all of that people walked out on you didn't care if you were depending on them you understand what i'm saying that those are oozing deep wounds you don't just get over that Now, you might be able to to stop the oozing. You understand what I'm saying? You can realize, you know, I'm not getting any better by talking about it. You ever You ever come to that place sometimes? <laughs> I'm not getting no better sitting up talking about this. I'm going to quit. Amen. So you do the self-binding sometimes. Amen. You know, we think about ourselves, you know, when you're, 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 coming bless you when you're coming into a knowledge of the things of god you start to look at yourself well look at this i can come in here god get prayer i can come in here and i can get help i you just look at that as like you go to doctor when you go to the doctor you tell them everything that's wrong amen well if you don't know what to shut up about you understand the one things you give over to God, you leave them with God. You understand what I'm saying? You know, because before you know it, they just shot you up with something and put you on a table for something and signed you up for all kind of stuff. Amen? <laughs> you get older, you'll start refusing more than you accept when they start offering you stuff. They put the buffet out there and you said, no, nah, you know what? I'm fasting right now. I don't need none of that stuff that's on there. Amen. And and let it stay like that. Don't change it. Just let it stay just like that. Amen. And so so we have to be that way. You use some wisdom. That's all I'm saying. And and when you come into an assembly with God's people, use some wisdom. You don't have to tell people every time you're there how hurt you are. Cuz you know some of them hurt. You need to God is only going to heal them in the secret place between you and him. Sometime when you start oozing again, you need to go back to the place where you were first bandaged. Huh? You get that Holy Ghost triage. Yep. You know, he'll remind you, you know, Barb, we've been working on this now. We've talked about this. Now, I got this. Amen. And I'm working on it. You got to trust me. So many times it's a matter of once once you, I mean, and you know where that place is. Now, if you need something from God and you're in, in the place of an altar call, don't don't let my word stop you 
from reaching out and receiving when the Holy Ghost says this is your time to receive right now, you know, answer the altar call. But there are some things that are deeper inner wounds where God, you know, God, this is this is some mind, you know, I've I've confessed and I've I've forgiven this person. I'm not mad at him anymore. I don't think, you know, but there's another layer here. I think that we got to get to. Huh? You know, it's like when you when you cut through an onion, you see all those circles of growth that it was a seed there when it started as an onion, but then all these circular things started to develop and they're just in there. So you hardly ever get to the core. Amen. It's already been plucked up at the root. Come on now, folks. Come on. If you bought an onion at the the store, it ain't in the ground no more. It's not growing anymore. So your your situation is not getting worse. It's getting better. The Bible says every plant that my father has not planted will be rooted up. Amen. Iniquity has been uprooted in your life. You're not rooted into the devil anymore. That's why he has to keep reminding you of your past. Because you're forgetting it every single day. As you walk more into the newness of life, you're forgetting more and more of your old. I don't even remember the person I used to be hardly anymore. Until the devil will come up and, and remind me of something. Amen. You know, you'll sit and you'll be thinking uh, godly thoughts and then you'll start thinking about the past or something. And all of a sudden, some ugly will pop up. Amen. That's the enemy. He just wants you, no, devil, I've been forgiven. Now, I'm not even going to go there. In fact, I'm going to pull my Bible out, read you some scripture, and read me some too. Because I must need it if I'm sitting up thinking stupid stuff. But But God is working on us continually. Don't ever think you're done with the restoration process amen it's like you know you see people uh you know do a restoration on an old house and most of them will tell you well we we stopped here you know you never get finished restoring they go around find a doorknob or something that doesn't fit in well this doesn't fit in with the period and i have to wait until i find that piece so that i can do everything amen and, and God is waiting on us to yield to him more so he can finish the process. Amen. But take it for granted that it never quite is done. Amen. Never quite is done. So you can never get off the, the potter's wheel, so to speak. He's always reshaping, reforming. Sometimes he wants to enhance your beauty and put you in a place where you'll be more admired or something i don't know you know but but it's part of restoration process amen sometimes there are new things you need to do for him he's got to do some some more work a little bit and you know perfect and beautify so that's what he does when he starts to heal the whole man when he heals your life spirit soul mind and body he has to bind up the broken places amen where your heart's been broken so i'm i'm going to read you something let me see if i can find it real quick um i found something something that's real 
in the evaluation process. <laughs> it's called a broken hearted syndrome. Where did I have that? Let me see if I can find it real quick, real quick, real quick. Or I'll just go ahead and read off of my notes real quick, real quick, real quick. Should have found it already. Uh, uh, uh. I don't think I had, I had, I thought I had saved the page. It's probably this one that says web page crashed. And that's all that's left. You know, the devil need to stop. Uh, he ought to stop. All right. So I'll read you. Ah, like I said, here it is. <laughs> it was right up there where I could read. It had a little face on here. And I said, what's that face doing on there? It says here, no, I don't want you. I don't want to call you for nothing. It says, one physician has dedicated his time to understanding the connection between the heart and the emotions. For many centuries, people have talked about a connection between emotions and the heart. The popular concept is very simple. Feelings such as sadness, anguish, and stress, among others, can have a detrimental effect on our cardiovascular health. I clearly remember a story that my great-grandmother used to tell everyone about a man who suddenly died from a broken heart three weeks after the death of his spouse. At the time, I thought it was silly. In retrospect, I find it ironic that it took scientists this long to begin to begin understanding the association between the brain and the heart and emotional stress and cardiac function. Uh, yada, 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 yada. This is just, just about the thing, the doctor that pre- presented this information. Um, heart injury, transient heart injury. Come on now, I didn't have all of this. Says it's a syndrome with many names. While stress cardiomyopathy now goes by many names, uh, it's known as Wittstein syndrome, I guess, in honor of this guy. He has spent innumerable hours teaching students, residents, fellows, nurses, and others attending about the clinical manifestations and the science behind the broken heart syndrome. His enthusiasm and love for his work is extremely contagious. That's probably why almost everyone in the hospital will call him at the site of a stress cardiomyopathy patient. Due to this wonderful staff collaboration, he has created a database that includes approximately 130 affected individuals. His next goal is to study. Well, he's still studying it. I'm trying to see what the symptoms um I wrote some symptoms down, so I'll give you what I had from my old notes. Uh, It says brokenheartedness. Uh, It says everybody experiences this. Many poets and songwriters talk about how to get over a broken heart. Broken heart is severe emotional pain due to disappointment, rejection from someone you love or expect love from. Sin causes brokenheartedness. When Adam and Eve sinned, 
they broke God's heart and theirs too. This is why Jesus came with the anointing to heal the brokenhearted. So not only was our heart broken through the separation of sin, but God's was too. God was left without a family. So this longing that God had to have his family back to him for our benefit was was what caused Jesus to then set himself on a quest to bring us back to him. See, all those years that that God uh, was presenting, introducing mankind back to him was Jesus searching and longing for his brothers and sisters, the rest of his family. Amen. And so that would complete the family, God's family. But remember, Adam was the son of God. The Bible describes him that way. Amen. And so when, when you read the genealogy of Jesus, it writes Seth, the, the, uh, son of Adam, you know, the, in, in Adam, the son of God. Amen. And so we're all sons and daughters, estranged, orphaned children of God. So when we come back to God, we receive the spirit of adoption. Amen. And so God's family becomes complete and we get the benefit of it. See, sometimes we only look at it from our benefit. But if God didn't want us back, why would he look for us? He's a creator. He could have created more. You understand what I'm saying? So there was something about him that caused him to long for us as well. And that's the brokenhearted syndrome. And so it, it completed um, God's plan, you know, in his heart for us. And it completed our our longing or in need for a father and, a, and somebody to rescue us. Amen. I mean, you just want that. It's like, oh, you always think about things you can't do yourself. Oh, I just need somebody to come and do this for me. You understand what you're going to always need that. I don't know where these self-sufficient people come from. You understand what I'm saying? They just lying. I, I need help more now than I ever did. And I've always needed it. Don't get me wrong. So sin causes brokenheartedness. Either your sin that you do to yourself or when somebody else sins against you. So, so when, so there's this longing in us for God. And the longing in God for us. He wants his property back. He wants his kids back. If you're a parent, you want your kids back too. If they ever get estranged, if you, if something ever comes where they don't contact you like they normally do, you start looking for them. Amen. And then you're angry because you got upset and got nervous and missed them and said, boy, you better call your mama. What's wrong with you? Put me through these paces. Amen. And that's what God is with us. Amen. So this is what, where Jesus came with an anointing to heal the brokenhearted. It wasn't just that he wanted us back in any old condition. I mean, that's how we came to him. But he had plans for restoration for us. Amen. So if, you're, if you've been taught that salvation is everything, you've been taught wrong. There's salvation. There's restoration. There's perfection. There's ministry. There's a life in God. A total life in him. And so that's what Jesus came to bring us into a total life. Amen. Turn to Genesis 3 
And I'll show you the foundation for the rejection that came from the separation between us and God. Genesis 3 and verse 12. Well, it starts in, in you know, where the woman and the man ate the, the fruit of the tree. Amen. And verse 9, God was walking, no, verse 8, God's walking in the cool of the day like always. And Adam and, and, and the woman hid themselves from God. And he said, Adam, he said to them, where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Now, God, God called both of them. How many of them answered, though? Yeah, one of them answered. There you go. So there's that separation. Yep. So they had, it wasn't God who separated them. God rejected them to protect them. Huh? Just like you did with your kids. They want to be picked up and they like 30 pounds or something. Some of them 100 pounds. Huh? And they're not really walking where they got sense enough where to go. So what do you do? You put them in a pen. You put them in something to restrain them for their own protection. So there's a little rejection there. No, I'm not picking you up no more. You're too heavy. You could walk, but you ain't walking where you're supposed to. So in the clink, you know, you incarcerate them again. You perp walk them right back to the little crib or whatever. Every time I, I would, Pastor Shirley, when Tony was little, I'd go over to Pastor Shirley's house. He was there in that crib. They were made real sturdy ones then, you know, the wooden crib. The ones they claim will kill your baby. I ain't see them kill the baby yet. You understand what it, this, it, that, that one had metal on it. You better have some metal. You're going to keep them in somewhere. And you push that little lever down that locked it and they little hands couldn't jimmy it. And every time you walk past Tony, with his little hands out, want you to pick him up. I said, no, buddy, I got in trouble the last time I let you out of there. You stay in jail till your mama let you out this time. I ain't getting in trouble again. You know, and they look so cute. Tony had them little dimples. You know, when you, no, buddy, we ain't going there. You can dimple all you want to, but you ain't getting out. Not with me. But uh, you know what I'm saying. But you, you kind of reject them a little bit for their own good. Pretty soon they quit crying and get up and they go pick in the lock. You understand? <laughs> they amused themselves by trying to pick the lock and get out of there. They didn't want mama. They wanted out. You see what I'm saying? So he said, who told you that you were naked? And God knew immediately that they had eaten of the tree. And this was allowing iniquity to speak. The iniquity has a voice. That's who told them, the spirit of iniquity. Amen. God didn't say, how did you know that? He said, who told you? So we don't just know stuff from no source. There's a source of what we know. You either know it from light or know it from darkness. So whenever you think thoughts of iniquity, that's the enemy talking to you. 
you know people say well you, you blame too much on the devil listen if it wasn't no devil around i'd live on easy street are you kidding me too much how do you know what's too much if he guilty he guilty why you want to advocate for the devil can't acquit him he's already been condemned you kidding me it's this, uh, you know, and you, of course, you know, you got to be responsible not to follow up on that. That's not absolving you of any responsibility. But, you know, if you could think without his influence, you'd be fine. I know I would. <laughs> so then they go in the blame game. They blame each other, et cetera, et cetera. God pronounces the curse on both of them. Him separate from her now again, remember, and the serpent gets his punishment. God says, I'm going to raise up a son who's going to crush your head. He's going to bump you and bruise you and damage you so bad you'll be crazy. And so it says here, he tells Adam, verse 19, in the sweat of your face, you'll eat bread till you return to the dust. That's where you came from. Amen. Adam called the name of his wife Eve. See, she was Adam before when they were one. You didn't need a separate name from him for him. Amen. Now we're back to that place because there's no male or female in Christ. Amen. We're all one in the Lord. Amen. And so he says, and he, she was the mother of all living. So her conception is increased. That's the curse. He says, I will increase, verse 16, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. Amen. So here, miscarriages, babies that die, you know, prematurely, all of that happens as part of the curse. Amen. So now she's the mother of all living. She busy. She got to take care of the the plants. She got to take care of the pets got to take care and you see that with women in in they take care of everything you know i mean unless they're like some weird well i don't do 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 you know you you eliminate yourself too out of too many things you lose your purpose you understand what i'm saying you you know and then a lot of times women wait on God to use them, and they've passed up so many opportunities to be used. God trains you as a servant, a handmaiden, and a, and a manservant first. You don't just up and jump up in a pulpit. Are you kidding me? I don't know where you think you are. This ain't Hollywood. And even in Hollywood, people pay their dues of training and learning. So let's get real here. He needs servants. He needs laborers. Amen. We pray for laborers, but we don't want to serve. Go figure. So anyway, um, it says here, he called his wife's name a mother of all living. Amen. And, and because they're separated, there's a little understanding of what they are doing and why they do it. That's why when they talk about, uh, you know, men will say stuff, well, You'll never understand your wife. Don't try. Now, has anybody heard that before? Or am I just making this up? Uh, I don't understand women. Uh, that's because of the curse. 
you will understand her once you're in Christ. And then you got to sit down and listen to what God tells you about her. Huh? This ain't no, oh, you thought this was that kind of relationship? No, this is deep, brother. Huh? You're going to have to talk to my daddy about me. See, this is this is how marriages will break up sometimes. Because women, I'll just give you a quick example. I ain't getting deep here. But in, in households, many times, once children come into the family, women, because of having to have devoted so much time to the caring and nurturing of that child because of his helplessness, they can get stuck in a focus on the child only mentality and then the man feels neglected amen then the kids start bringing the cat and the stray cat and the stray don't bring nothing else in this house you know why women say that with such finality because they know they're going to love it and want to care for it so it's like i don't need nothing else in here to have to take care of that's a common thing that's said Because who's it going to fall on? It's going to fall on the wife and the mother. Amen. Because when the kids are in bed and nobody feels like putting the dog out to go pot pot, it's either do that, take him out yourself, or he goes on the floor. So choose your, your weapon. Amen. But God brings women into an understanding of who they are. And men too, if men will seek it. Because men don't understand how women can, they can, Go and do work at the church and, and enjoy that. And they can work. And then the man, all, all he's got is his work. And he's sitting back looking at you, enjoying everything. So, what up with that? And then you hear, baby, gimme. The famous two words. Why you up, baby? Give me this. Give, get. And it's almost like a kid again. You say, what's up with him? Well, he's just trying to get a little attention because he see you. You're the mother of all living. You got to know how to put it under godly control so that it works to the benefit. It can, that, that ability is easily redeemable by God. He'll learn how to put it in the proper order and make it work for you. Amen. He just will. So, so it says in, in Adam, uh, okay, and unto Adam, verse 21, also, to his wife did the lord make coats of skins and clothe them amen and the lord god said behold the man is become as one of us to know good and evil one of us which one anybody i heard one response anybody else which one of the Trinity knows good and evil? Huh? Jesus. He tasted death for every man. He tasted sin. He was slain before the foundation of the earth. So sin was laid on him. Other than that, he would have no reason to be slain. So our sin was laid on him before the foundation of the earth. He knew good and evil. Amen. So that was part of his knowing why. How do you think he had compassion? You think that just came to him out of nowhere? 
He knew he had an understanding and had a, a working knowledge of what iniquity was like. Amen. And so he took it upon himself. He said, Father, we can't leave him in that condition. Let me go. Amen. Let me go. And so he was able to to do that from the foundation of the earth. It was tasted death once for every man. It was acted out at Calvary. That wasn't the first time he came into contact with. It was acted out at Calvary. Amen. And so we have to understand these things that. So this is how God could legally heal people before he went to the cross. How do you think God's people got well in the old covenant? That's how it was done. Their price had to have been paid before the foundation of the earth, before we even got here, before we were created. Everything was taken care of for us. So don't sit up and ask God, when am I going to be healed? You're healed already. When am I going to get some money to pay my bills? He can give it to you anytime if you believe he's got it for you. Amen. So so this is why we can in advance thank him for the needs that we have up here in this place right now. Amen. God's situation, are you, your situation isn't new to God. It's not like he, you know, you feel there's a delay in his response or something. It ain't because he don't didn't know you were going to have that. And had made provision. Provision's already there. Jesus is your provision. Amen. So, so anyway, he says, he, to no good and even now, lest he put it forth his hand and take also the tree of light and eat forever. So he, he blocked us out of the garden and the tree of life. Cause if we had eaten of that tree with iniquity in us, this was what the devil wanted, folks. Trust me, he's not satisfied with with us being locked out of that garden. See, the Bible says, had the princes of this world knew, had the wisdom of God, they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. You understand what I'm saying? So, and, and he never would have uh, 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 deceived a woman and the man entered in in the garden from the beginning if he had knew, known what was ahead of him. See, the first disappointment was the devil was him getting locked out of the garden because he saw himself eternally having control over man. Now, get the drift now. He wanted eternal damnation for us. But God had a rescue plan. And when he shut that door to the garden, And it says here, okay, let me finish. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Now, he didn't do that just for Adam. Who else you think he did it for? He did that for Satan. He's got a flaming sword to poke anybody who tries to get at man eternally. Tries to let him back into that garden. That's that's just not for Adam. You understand what I'm saying? That's for the devil too. Because the devil wanted the man in there partaking 
eternally of evil. You see what I'm saying? Because the tree of, of eternal life was there, and it would cause us to live forever in our fallen condition. Adam and Eve just continued to eat from every tree like they've been doing and didn't know that that would get them stuck eternally in that fallen condition separated from God. Amen. The devil got a lot of nerve because he wants to make God a party to the demise of his own creation. It's a lot of nerve. But your father is miles ahead. He's so much smarter than the devil. He's so much smarter than the devil. See, you can rely on that. It's just like God said, click. And the devil said, oh, man. Now I got to figure out, so now I got to follow these people everywhere they go. I thought I had them locked in. Now I got to go jump on them every generation to see if I can get a scrap, huh? a remnant of people who will follow me. Amen. Amen. So so God made a, a concrete plan for us. Amen. Way back in the garden. I mean, this this wasn't new as of 2,000 years ago. It was planned. Amen. From that day forward, God seeks to bring man back to himself. Amen. So this broken hearted syndrome, it can be picked up now in modern medicine. But Jesus knew that was the problem way back when. And Isaiah, God told Isaiah that was a problem. Amen. God, he said, I had to lock the man and the woman out of the garden and that broke their hearts to be separated from me. Because, see, that was their meeting place. So now they're out of the garden. and Now they've got to, to just roam around, amen, where God has them and, and just find their own way. Now they're in blindness. So that's why Jesus came to open, restore sight to the blind. Where once we had had eyes only for God, now we got eyes for everything. And so... When he says restoring sight, that doesn't mean that just in the natural sense, but also that we can see God. We can see the things of the spirit that God wants us to see. So one of the openings of our eyes is opening our eyes to spiritual things. So that anointing does that. Amen. Um, I remember Pastor Shirley saying when she got baptized in the Holy Spirit, she said, I noticed the birds sounded different. She said, I started to notice all kinds of things that I never noticed before. You understand what I'm You notice what God sees. You start seeing what, what's important to God. Amen. The Bible says that, that you know, his, well, we sing his eye is on the sparrow, but it says he takes care of the birds. Amen. A, a bird doesn't fall to the ground without him knowing it. Really? Wow. So he has eyes for everything, for all of his creation. He Everything's present and accounted for. Amen? So God, he doesn't lose sight of anything he created. Don't ever think you're not significant to him. It's the devil telling you that. The devil will tell you that because the devil ain't significant to God. Not no more he's not. Amen? He has been well taken care of. Trust me on that one. Amen? All right. So then God, um, uh, let me think. Thank you, Jesus. Where am I going? Oh, I'm going here. I did turn the page left. Okay. So 
Sin caused brokenheartedness. We said that. So when Adam and Eve sinned, they broke God's heart and theirs too. So there was a mutual. You can't say God didn't care because he wouldn't come back for us if he weren't moved. The Bible says he is touched. We, If we are touched, he's touched. Amen. Now we're touched in crazy ways. We're perverted because the devil gets in there. But everything he experiences about us, we experience about him. Amen. And so this is why Jesus came with the anointing to heal the brokenhearted. That was the first thing we received. Is that sense that we're accepted by God. I mean, even if it's for just a little short while. You know, when you get saved, you you feel that. That peace, that that flood of the power of God and the spirit of God on your being. And and then you kind of snap out of it. You go about your normal routine. You start remembering stuff. Amen. But but you you've stepped into that. Amen. You've seen you've received that. And then the Holy Spirit seals you until the day of redemption. That means he's put a, a GPS on you. A tracker. Because he moves in. Amen. In order for him to move in, he got to move something out. He don't come in with all your junk furniture and all your tchotchkes and all your nonsense. You get delivered to something when you come into to God. Amen. So the spirit of the Lord um, is restored. We said restored to us. So we have access. Amen. Um, thank you, Jesus. Okay, so we're going to talk about symptoms of broken heart, so to speak. Uh, a common metaphor, brokenheartedness, is a common metaphor used to describe the intense emotional pain or suffering one feels after losing a loved one, it, either through death, divorce, breakup, moving being rejected, or other means. Amen. This phrase dates back to, excuse me, roughly 400 B.C. So people have been familiar with brokenheartedness uh, long before the time of Christ. Amen. It refers to the physical pain felt in the chest as a result of the loss. So now we see there's somebody, this doctor we just spoke about, is studying that there are actually physical effects of emotional pain. Amen. There are some people you can actually suspect that they died of brokenheartedness. They never recovered from some type of loss or another. And so the broken heart syndrome is a traumatic incident triggers the brain to distribute chemicals that actually weaken physically the heart tissue. So if that's not healed, and if that's not, you know, that's where um, um, in in the, the scripture about the balm of Gilead, I meant to look that up. I'm going to put that right here. Shannon, if you can find that. Is there no balm in Gilead? 
Amen. Why is my people's condition not healed? That's what it was. Amen. Is there no physician? Where is it? Well, you can see it's stuck in Jeremiah. You know what it means, huh? It's great weeping and lamentation. Jeremiah, you said eight? Okay. Jeremiah, most of it was weeping woe and then a little corner of restoration. I said, well, thank God he had something. God always has something encouraging to say. It says here, verse 18, when I would comfort myself against sorrow, my heart is faint in me. When I want to comfort my, so there's no comforting even, you know how sometimes you can, can give yourself a scripture and you feel a temporary relief even if it's a deep hurt. It says, behold, the voice of the cry of the daughter of my people because of them that dwell in a far country is not the Lord in Zion, is not her king in her. Why have they provoked me to anger with their graven images and with strange vanities? The harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. For the hurt of the daughter of my people, I am hurt. I am dark with astonishment has taken hold of me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician here? Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? Amen. And that's what Jesus came. He came to bring the anointing is the balm that was talked about. Amen. The anointing is the power that is talked about. So it's not a physical thing anymore. It's a spiritual thing. And that's what we need the most. We need we need the spirit. We need a deep work done. The spirit of, of man needs to be uh, healed and, and bound up and everything. So it, it, and and uh, uh, thank you, Lord. Uh, Jeremiah eight twenty two. Make note of that. Okay, so and it's known to it. It says a traumatic incident triggers the brain to distribute chemicals, so your soul has been damaged by something you see, you experience. Some trauma has come into your soul. Now we know that part of the spirit of destruction, Apollyon, is is trauma. Amen. He carries a spirit of trauma with him that comes in um, uh, through just taking you by astonishment, like out of you weren't planning for this to happen. Uh, uh, you know, any kind of an accident or something like that. Well, the spirit of trauma operates with that and but trauma what it does is it opens up a window in your soul for infirmity paralysis sickness fear all of these and trauma opens it up for that amen you've heard of people now trauma is anything that happens to your body it it doesn't matter if you're sleep under anesthetic your body is being traumatized. You know that, don't you? That's why some people recover very slowly. You know, when the doctors tell you how long you're going to be 
you know, well, we'll get you out of here in three or four days if everything goes well. Well, what makes it go well or not go well? What happens to you spiritually while you're in there? Huh? People, people undergo a respond to trauma differently. There's some people who will tell you stuff like, they thought I was asleep in there, but I heard everything they said. Who opened their hearing? Trauma. Sometimes people are traumatized just by the thought of having surgery. See, you're emotionally young. That's why every night before before surgery, they come by with the what? Got a sleeping pill for you. I don't care. They, and they don't let you refuse. You know, I mean, them night nurses, they don't want you up asking questions. Well, if they got something that say, how many sleepers do we have? Oh, good. I don't have to call nobody for nothing. Uh, everybody checked off. Sleep pills, sleep pills, sleep pills. In fact, they had used to have pre-print, printed pre-op sheets that doctors would just sign all the orders. They didn't order everything singly. Sleeping pill was always on there. And if it didn't take, they had an order to repeat after surgery because they didn't want you up worrying about you being nervous. They'd have to strap you down to get you on the gurney to get you down there. Now, I've had people in, in pre-op patients tell me, I, they say, you know, I was nervous. And I thought, well, if I just don't w- wake up anymore, that that's it, it's, a, it's supposed to be that way. Now, right now, I'd pray for them people if I knew better. And I would just shrug and say, well, every different strokes for different folks. But I'd be trying to want to wake up if if I was you. You understand? But they just resigned themselves to death because they were so traumatized by the thought that they would have to. And sometimes they call it minor, major. And then doctors who weren't surgeons would tell you everything is serious when you go in the operating room. Now, surgeons won't give you that. They know better. They make their living like that. But your your general practitioner, a family medicine guy, or your guy, your doctor you go to all the time that referred you to the surgeon, oh, every time you go in surgery, it's serious. A surgeon's like, shit, would you shut your mouth? I'm trying to get business and you taking it away from me. You understand what I'm saying? I think it's better not to have that confession lingering over people. Amen. But see, we're traumatized very easily, folks. Why? Because your soul's damaged already by iniquity. You're already a broken piece, a fragment. Amen. And so what God is doing is calling all the missing fragments of our mind back to us. The parts that are the parts that are stuck over in fear somewhere, he's taking that breaks fear off of you and brings that peace back. Amen. I used to be afraid of of you know staying up or going to a strange person's house or traveling or flying or whatever. And and God, I just prayed and God took that away from me. Amen. And so you find that you know people have fears of the most ridiculous thing. You know, after you're saved, you think. Pretty much everything's a little goofy to be scared of. We can laugh about them mostly. But some people, and people have different degrees of trauma and fear over different things. You know, somebody came to my house one time, a grown person, and my dog was standing, it was a girlfriend, you know. I mean, girlfriend wouldn't hurt a flea. She don't even look like she hurts anybody. 
you know, first thing with some dogs, you want to pet them. And she slammed the door and ran off my porch. And I said, no, this is going to be interesting. And then when she came in, she kept hiding behind me thinking the dog was going to jump out at her. I said, no, this is, she needs prayer. And then she tried to prophesy to me. I said, no, no, thanks. <laughs> After all that, you go, I mean, come on now. If God's going to send you, well, no, no, I won't even go to that. We don't have time for that, do we? All right, well, why don't we stop? Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us according to your word. And we honor you and love you, Lord. We'll get this later, honey. Okay, don't worry about it right now. And, Lord, I just thank you for people who are watching. And thank you, Lord, that people are blessed by the hearing of your word, even if they can't be here. They're blessed by the hearing of your word. We call all your people back to your house, Father, in the name of Jesus. We say, saints, come back to the house of God. There's bread in the house. Amen. Like uh, when uh, Naomi came back to Bethlehem, she came because she heard there was bread in Bethlehem. Amen. So there is bread in the Father's house. And we thank you for that, Lord. We bless you and we praise you. I don't have Rona and she don't have me. I can't get Rona. She can't get me. I'm healed, period, by the stripes of Jesus. I am healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It is so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Glory to God.